the Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. Today it is episode number 68. It is Monday, September the 6th, 2010. And Purple Mafia has returned and it is time to talk about the Vikings. We are available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank you always, each and every one of you, and I do mean that, for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great, great deal indeed. Well, it's... Final cutdowns have been made. We got seven guys on the practice squad. Some uh, solid additions in that department. Uh, no major surprises here, uh, except for the quarterback position. Uh huh. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a little bit a uh, little bit interesting over there. That old quarterback position. It's going to get a little interesting. We're going to talk a little bit about that, and especially the player included in the. Uh, trade yeah well that's i guess what you we can call it the trade sage rosenfels and darius reynard going to the giants darius reynard is going to the giants so um we had one that's right one kick returner going into this season look that's not enough to work with no, it's not enough to work with. It's absolutely not. Uh, you can consider Percy Harvin <laughs> a kick returner, but he has migraines every other day. And, uh, well, his importance to the team, you don't necessarily want him returning the kicks every time, do you? So there you go. All right, well, yeah, we're going to talk about that. I kind of got going a little early there, but <laughs> we're going to talk about that today. Obviously, you can tell I'm not so happy, and I don't think too many people are about that one. I just miffed, miffed, folks. That's why I had to get to that early a little bit. Uh, yeah, of course, we're going to get to the final cutdowns. We're going to briefly talk about the, the Broncos game. We're going to talk about the uh, New Orleans Saints game, a very interesting video put on <laughs> Facebook. So it's second week in a row there was an interesting video put on the Facebook group for Purple Mafia. This one was by Brent Jacobson, an interesting comment by one of the commentators NFL commentators out there. A very interesting comment regarding what the Vikings are going to do in New Orleans. Um, oops. Yeah, that's a big oops. That's, uh, you know. And I'm not somebody you're going to mistake for a bleeding heart type that uh, gets offended by every little thing. And again, uh, I apologize to some of you out there that may lean that direction. But uh, this was kind of stupid. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, mind-boggling the comment. So we'll get to that in a sec as well. We're, that's much later when we get to the Facebook group. Uh, of course, uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about today, folks, and I mean a lot. Uh, <laughs> a 
Oh, several articles. I'll just mention that. So, um, yeah, by the AP and John Krasinski and Dave Campbell, you know, some very familiar names of Pioneer Press. Uh, yeah, lots of stuff to get to. Childress defending the trade. Uh, Adrian Peterson talking about uh, solving the pump fumbling issues. Yeah, it just goes on and on and on. Uh, nice news. Uh, some good news from the Cedric Griffin front. We're going to get to that as well. That's a kind of cool, kind of exciting right there. But... But I better mention this right away because <laughs> we've got to get to it early and often because it's good stuff. And, uh, yes, two, count them, two callers today, folks. Two callers. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And I appreciate both of them very, very much. One of them, well, who do you think? Anthony from L.A. making a return, and I am thrilled to have him back. Keep calling Anthony. I love it. And Farzine Vesugian, the head, the host, the head coach, yeah, the host of the Kansas City Chiefs podcast known as the chief zone that is available on the sportstuff.com and itunes a colleague and friend of mine on the sportstuff.com very wonderful to have him on board the show made some nice comments both of the guys did uh yeah good stuff we'll get to those right away here that'll be the beginning of things then we'll pretty much kind of slide into the game and the articles yep do the game first the articles uh try to try to keep things in chronological order <laughs> chronological order that might sound better um as best i can not perfect but i try to do the best i can with that don't want to get things a little mixed up and and that's easy to do cuz there's always so much to talk about and it's easy to get things kind of thrown all over the place so um that's the deal so enough of my rambling it is time for the debut of no the calls here, and we'll start with Anthony from L.A. Hey, Jody, this is Anthony from L.A. Uh, I wanted to talk a couple of things with you about these preseason games I've been watching. I'm kind of like a, I like the uh, special teams a little bit, so uh, I wanted to. I know we got a lot of defensive players that probably are are, are going to be you know cut or released due to the roster cuts coming up in there good players that can really still play. And I know the Vikings would like them, like uh, Colt Anderson and and Hussein Abdullah and, and and Frampton. I'm wondering what, what you think would be the guy, the odd man, the odd man out out of those positions because uh, all three of those guys are good special teamers. And we had good special teams last year, and I, I don't want that to – go down the drain. I think this this year will even be even better. And other than that, uh, the wide receiver, now that Sidney's out for eight weeks or so, and Percy Harvin is going to be moving up. I mean, do, do you think that he'll be in a, at a number two wide receiver spot? Because I'm not sure, like, how he would play out, like, working out, out on the far sidelines. I, I like him playing, like, inside slot, like, you know, or, or do you think the new guy, Greg Camarillo, or even... Uh, Greg Lewis or Javon Walker, whichever one of those guys you think would, would benefit more playing playing the sidelines. All right, Joey, I'll talk to you later. And I thank you for that call, Anthony. Always great to have you on board. Thanks, as always. Well, let's get to the guests immediately. Well, Colt Anderson, Hussein Abdullah, and Eric Frampton, who was the odd man out. Unfortunately, it was Colt Anderson, but, yeah, he was one of the, uh, the Magnificent Seven who was going to the practice squad. We'll get to that later. But, uh, yeah, for me, my, my personal choice, shucks, probably I would have maybe had Eric Frampton maybe be the odd man out, in my opinion. Cole Anderson, he's got some he's, – he's a pretty cool player. Luckily, he is on the practice squad. The Vikings did not lose him, so he just might 
just might be on the Vikings later on in the year and uh, beyond. I'm sure he'll be back in training camp next year. There's no doubt about it. And the preseason, the guy's got some personality. He's got some energy. He's got some uh, you know personalities and everything in football, but it, it helps. He's got some gamesmanship, man. He's a feisty, feisty, tough safety, uh, and it's nice to have a guy like that. He looked pretty good out there. You know, he, he got beat a little bit, but he wasn't awful. Uh, Abdullah missed some tackles. Eric Frampton is, you know, missed some tackles as well. Both of them are special teams aces and have that uh, that on their resume. Cole Anderson looked really good on special teams. It's just he doesn't have the resume yet, and I guess that's the way the Vikings are rolling going into this uh, going into this 2010 season, which is again getting more and more bizarre by the minute. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, like I said, we have a lot to talk about, so uh, that's the deal. So now on to the wide receiver topic that Anthony so kindly brought up. Yeah, the wide receiver topic. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of weird. Yep. Obviously, Sydney's out for eight weeks, as he mentioned. Um, and uh, will Percy Harvin be the number two? I guess he kind of has to be. Uh, to me, he's the, you know, he's such a quirky player. That's the thing. Greg Amarillo made a good impression, but he didn't even play in the Denver game. Bernard Berry and his old stone fingers, and he, you know, coughed up the ball for interception on a uh, missed reception. And uh, that was, I believe, the, the Seattle game a couple of weeks back. What the hell? Or a, a week ago, excuse me. Um, that was just not uh, not good. That's not a good sign right there. Bernard Berry and constantly having trouble catching the ball. It's kind of like... It's not even who's number two, who's number one, <laughs> and uh, that's a tough thing. And so, yeah, number two, I guess it's Percy. Both of them can catch. There's no doubt about it. It's just one of them's healthier than the other. That's the thing. Uh, though, of course, in the case of Greg Camarillo, he's not quite the game breaker that Percy is, of course, and uh, he also has not been in the system long enough. And again, he didn't even play in the previous game because of uh, you know they sat down a ton of people in the old. Uh, Denver Broncos game, not many uh, Viking starters played in that game. or So that might also mean Cramarillo, they, they really view him as getting major playing time. And of course, Percy Harvin at that doggone migraine problem is just an endless issue that will frustrate us all forever and ever at this point in time. That's for damn sure. Alright, well, thanks again Anthony. Love it. Keep calling. Again, the, the call-in line for you guys out there that would like to join the family here. And be like Anthony and Farzeen Vesugian. We're going to get to him very shortly. Uh, yep, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7TSS. If you still look at the numbers on the phone, that's kind of getting a little old-fashioned, but it, I guess a lot of people still do it, I suppose. Um, with touchscreens and everything now on your cell phones, that I, I'm getting sick of touchscreen already, but yeah, still good phones. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I'll get that topic out of the way before I go on too far. Yeah, please do call into the show. I'd appreciate it. So now Farzin Vasugian joins Purple Mafia from the Chiefs Zone. Hey, it's Farzin calling into PM Purple Mafia. Joey, uh, a pretty pretty uh, similar roster to last year uh, when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I, th- I think the Vikings have done a good job drafting the past couple of years. Uh, but now I guess it's their uh, their time to try to go out there and uh, try again what they did last year. Uh, again, like I said, the roster is similar. It's just that the, the last game they played, uh, a, a pretty awful one, you, you know. I, I think uh, just so many fumbles in that game. Had they 
not fumbled one or two of those six times, you know, that that football game would have been theirs, and uh, who knows what they could have done to the Colts in the Super Bowl. Uh, but, you know, adding Adrian Peterson, the biggest draft, uh, draft pick addition uh, among all the other rookies at the time, adding Jared Allen via trade, and then Brett Favre, I think has turned this team, uh, has uh, solidified them into a, uh, a playoff team, then a then then a uh, a Super Bowl contender after adding Favre. I mean, I don't know what to think. I still think that I mean the the, the uh, Saints they did lose Darren Sharper, I believe, according to what I saw on Twitter. So the Vikings, I don't know. They got a chance this Thursday uh, to, to to try to get some revenge and try to go out there and, and make a statement in this league. Of course, when you play uh, uh, an opponent like that, almost feels like a divisional game, but it's really not. Um, it just feels like one because of what what happened last year. Overall, I think it's a it's a big one for uh, for the Vikings, and if they can win that one, which uh, I'll say they can, uh, then then it looks like they're going to have a, a a good season. Um, if they lose that game just by a little bit, I, I wouldn't make a, a big deal over it. But uh, I think it is important for them to win so they can uh, showcase themselves in that game uh, Thursday night in front of the world, and uh, not only that, uh, make the statement that they can uh, contend and go back to the NFC title game. Hopefully, go to the Super Bowl. Uh, something Favre hasn't done in a while, something the Vikings have not done in a, in a while as well, and hopefully win one out there. So, uh, I mean, again, it, it's somewhat of a challenging division now as well. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how uh, the Packers, um, the Bears, and even the Lions, I think the Lions can can make some, uh, can make some uh, noise as well in that division. So uh, that'll be pretty interesting to see. Uh, I still think the Vikings walk out of it alive, but uh, probably not as easy as last year. All right, take it easy. And I thank you for that call, Farzine. Awesome to have you on board. He is an outstanding show host. I mean, that's a radio voice, folks, isn't it? Gotta love that. Hope you don't mind mine either. <laughs> Hope I'm not too annoying, right? But no, uh, great, great call, Farzine. Of course, again, as mentioned, host of the Chief Zone, available on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes. All right, well, let's get to the, uh, the guest here before this gets too much longer. Yes, the Vikings definitely have a similar roster. That's the thing. Uh, they've drafted fantastic, as Farzine mentioned. Yes, they have. Um, except the one thing that I didn't mention on the last show, the only draft pick that I'm a little still scratching my head about was the year, of course, we got Jared Allen. Uh, and no, that's not anything complaining about Jared Allen. That was, uh, again, more stuff that uh, Farzine was talking about, how it was like a, a three-peat. You, you know, it was a big one, two, three. Jared Allen, a- Adrian Peterson, excuse me, Adrian Peterson, Jared Allen, and Brett Favre in that order. It was like boom, boom, boom. You went from a non-playoff team to a near-playoff team with Adrian at the point. Then you become a division champion, a weak division champion, mind you, but a division champion with Jared Allen. And then a Super Bowl contender with Mr. Favre with the other two guys already on the roster. Bada-bing, bada-boom. The Vikings are a great team. So, yeah. Good drafting and all that. The good roster. Uh, of course, losing Chester Taylor was a problem, and uh, we'll get to that shortly some more. Whew. Yeah, the New Orleans game last year, yeah, that's a historic historic problem. And, of course, yes, I agree the Vikings were absolutely in position to win that game. And remember what I called it at the end of the episode, the emotional episode, I believe it was 57 or 8. I can't remember exactly the number. Some of you out there might know, you loyal listeners that love to, Really like the show, and I appreciate that. Um, I called it one of the biggest foul-ups of all time. Yeah, because it was. The Vikings had the game in their hands. I don't know. They, three times the game show was already won, and they continued to allow the Saints to have chances with those fumbles. 
Vikings were in position to win that game, folks, multiple times. So, yeah, I'll shut up here and continue <laughs> with the uh, with Farzine's call. Yes, Darren Sharper apparently out. That's good news in a way. I mean, it takes away a little bit because Darren Sharper is one of the cockiest SOBs in the NFL, and uh, it would have been interesting to see how things go between Favre, Sharper, and, and other players on the team, of course. I think a lot of people would like to knock Sharper around, his idiotic comments with uh, Sharper, with, excuse me, Shanko on Twitter, the old Twitter. Love that website. So it certainly helped this show. Um, the Vikings absolutely need to make a statement in this game, as far as he mentioned. The one thing, though, again, it's not disagreeing with anybody, you know, and, yeah, it's okay to disagree with people, too, but I'm just saying I agree with it 100%. But, yeah, the crazy part that that always drives me nuts about it, the Vikings always have to make a statement the year after we lose to that team. Why does it always have to be that way? And, of course, Farzine's Chiefs, the curse, the old curse of 69. Maybe, Farzine, you're hearing about this for the first time, if you haven't heard the previous shows. Yeah, Super Bowl IV, 1969, your Kansas City Chiefs, when they beat the Vikings, you know about that. But I, I was, of course, called the curse of 69 when all this started. Before that, the Vikings beat teams in the postseason, not to the championship, but that was their first opportunity. And since then, you know, it's just been an issue. Vikings have not won a ring since then. <laughs> yeah, 18-point favorites and you lose. That's horse crap. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, but then the Vikings kicked the Chiefs' butts the next year. Oh, how cool. We kicked the Chiefs' butts the next year. Oh, but did we win the championship? No. We just beat the Chiefs in the season opener. Oh, how, how cute. 98, what happened? Vikings lose to the Falcons in a heartbreaker. Oh, but we beat the Falcons in the season opener. Well, well, that really helped out a lot. <laughs> and then the Vikings get steamrolled by the Giants, 41-0 to zero in 2000 in the NFC Championship game. Oh, but we beat the Giants the next year when they were a non-playoff team, and we were, like, beyond horrendous in 2001. One of our, what was it, one of our five wins. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so it's one of those things. Yes, the Vikings need to make a statement, but they also need to make a statement when the lights shine brightest, as I'll mention, until the clouds come home. Until they win a championship, I'm going to keep saying that. But no, good good thoughts there indeed. The Vikings do need to make a statement here because uh, I think the Saints will be a good team this year. I don't think they're going to be mediocre like Atlanta and New York or even below average like they were the previous times. The Vikings beat that team the next year. Um, yes, the Vikings have to win this game, of course. This is a game the Vikings should win, in my opinion. We'll continue kind of – it's kind of the, the pre uh, – there really isn't much leading into this game as far as I'm concerned in terms of being able to preview it in terms of, well, yeah, it's similar rosters going in. A couple players being out. Uh, Vilma and Sharper are out. Jonathan Vilma of the Saints and Darren Sharper, of course. Uh, no more Chester Taylor here, but, oh, and of course, no Sidney Wrights available either. That sucks. But um, in terms of previewing it, it's going to be kind of be sporadic during this show because... We haven't really seen the Saints play or the Vikings play in a real game yet. You know, it's great if you win 41-0 to in a preseason game, or it's it's just awful if you lose a preseason game. But, you know, we need to see what happens when the Vikings uh, play in the real game. So, in in general, really previewing it is uh, it's kind of hard to do, in, in a sense, other than exploit the same weaknesses the Saints had last year for the most part. I mean, this is a team you can definitely pass on. Uh, of course, you have to be careful because they force a turnover and uh, 
Yeah, fellow by fellow wearing the number twenty-eight needs to protect the ball better. Uh, he looks a little better at it so far, but we'll see it when the lights are a little bit brighter than the preseason in a real game back in Nolens yet again. Uh, absolutely important that the Vikings win this game. Yeah, of of course it is. Just to, it's really more of a morale setter. Get the get the thing going. Get the train choo chewing. I don't know what the heck the word is. Just get the train moving. Get it going. Get the load moving. It's only one game, but you got to win it, of course. <laughs> you got to win one. Get the thing, get the whole thing moving. Okay, let's just continue. Uh, as for the division conversation, yeah, sure, it's a tougher division. I'm not sure the Lions are really ready to do that much yet. Uh, Matthew Stafford, to this point, one of the most overpaid players in NFL history until he proves otherwise. Uh, potentially a good offense. Scott Linehan is a great coach. That's their offensive coordinator. Yeah. The uh, 49ers, no, just kidding. The <laughs> Chicago Bears, yeah, they think they're the 49ers of their offense, the the 80s 49ers, with uh, Mike March there now. That's another big-name coordinator on the offensive side of the ball. We'll see. And, of course, they also have Mike Tice, who's an assistant head coach over there in Chicago. Um, it's going to be real interesting. I guess you, we can kind of call this a division preview. It's a very brief one. Uh, I think personally think the Bears go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. Going in, that's what I believe at this point. Eight and eight or nine and seven, maybe ten and six. Very high end if Cutler can eliminate the turnovers, and a guy by the name of Chester Taylor can really fill a role, or if Matt Forte blows up like he did his rookie year, starts playing some good football again. Um, we'll see their defense. You can definitely pass on the Bears, no problem at all. Favre definitely exploited that. You can pass on the Packers, and you can pass on the Lions. You, the pass defense in this division is not so good. It's just not, because you can pass on the Vikings, too. You can. Uh, it's the running game that gets shut down, usually. Um, I think, yeah, the Vikings defense is definitely the best in the division. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we're better at containing stuff than other teams, like the Packers, the Lions, and the Bears. But uh, still, we give up points as well. Uh, it's it's going to be an entertaining division. You have potentially four quarterbacks. Potentially four quarterbacks who can really light it up this year. And that depends on old Matthew Stafford in Detroit. Because we know Favre can. Cutler, well, he throws a lot of interceptions, but he throws a lot of touchdowns. And Aaron Rodgers is pretty damn good. Last time I checked, he's uh, he's pretty good. Sure, I hate him because <laughs> he's kind of like, you know, he's uh, he's an arch rival for us now. Especially now with Favre here. It makes it even worse. Um, but, yeah, that's the deal there. It's going to be a very pass-happy division. There's no doubt about it. The running game in the division, well, the Vikings have that one, at least with the the number one guy, <laughs> the depth gets a little questionable after that, just a little. And I think that goes with the entire division except for the Bears, depending on how Matt Forte develops. Because Chester Taylor's good, obviously, we know that. Um, there you go. Definitely not as easy as last year. No, Packers are, the defense has got to be a little bit better than last year. The Bears are going to be better than last year. They are. Much as I hate to say it, they're going to be better. I don't think Cutler's going to throw that many interceptions again. And the Lions only won two games last year. I think they'll be better than that. But the Vikings never lose to the Lions, except every couple of years in Detroit they do. Never seen them lose at home to them. Um, well, knock on wood, that would just... Uh, if the Vikings lose to the Lions at home, folks, uh, then the season's over. Done. I quit. <laughs> I quit on the 2010 Vikings if that happens. Okay, maybe not, but close. Um, so again, thanks again for the call, Farzine, and a little brief... Uh, <laughs> a little brief division preview. Uh, 
thrown in there, you know, because Farzine kind of got me going with that. Uh, I figure might as well throw it in right there. That's pretty much my take on the division. Farzine, always great to call in, though. I hope you call in more often, buddy. That's uh, love to hear your uh, opinions and uh, the great radio voice. You can't, you can't go wrong there. You just can't. You just can't. So that's pretty much the idea there. Uh, I still think the Vikings win the division. I guess I'm going to go with 12 and four again, folks, because the Vikings easily could have been 14 and two last year, or 13 and three. Some people, believe it or not, are going 13 and three. Other people are going with 10 and six and 11 and five. I'm going to stick with 12-4. and four. We'll see what happens. I was right last year. I was dead on going into the season. So we'll see if I do it again. Green Bay is going to be 11-5 and five or 12-4. and four. Yeah, watch out for the Packers. And again, as I mentioned, Bears anywhere from 8-8 eight and eight to 10-6. and six. And the Detroit Lions are going to win four or five games this year. So congratulations to them as it will be the third, second year in a row where they'll increase in victories. In fact, they're going to, they're going to double their wins. That is, that is awesome. Double the wins over there in Detroit. <laughs> yep, we'll see how that turns out. So there's your brief division preview. Um, a lot of the teams stay in the same except the Bears. The Bears are the team that improved the most in the offseason, in my opinion. It's just a matter of how much can they actually do that on the field and not just on paper. You know, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with the signings they made. You, you, you just can't. No, Julius Peppers, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> If he plays up to his potential, that's uh, that's good stuff. It's going to make it a little bit tougher to pass on the Bears because of that pass rush. And, of course, yeah, Chester Taylor can't hurt. He can't hurt. He's not uh, <laughs> not Barry Sanders in his prime. He certainly has heck sure as hell not Walter Payton either. <laughs> that's even better. But uh, you get the idea. So with that, I'll take a quick break, and then we were going to get into the Broncos game and those articles before this gets to be a 16-hour show. We will see you in a second here. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 68, which is a reminder for iPod users along with other MP3 players like the Zune and uh, Microsoft Zune, that is, and, uh, you know, other throw-ins of that nature. (laughs) <laughs> All right, well, i got to mention to you folks out there, please uh, do join the Facebook group, Purple Mafia Facebook group. Of course, going to mention the uh, listeners that were kind enough to post on the Facebook group. Go to the search bar, type in Purple Mafia, Minnesota Vikings, and you're guaranteed to find it. Simply join it. As for the Twitter account, it's twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. I very frequently post during games and at times off games as well. I tweeted quite a bit during the Vikings-Broncos game. That was some fun stuff. Um, So we're going to use that a bit today. So here we go. The greatest game ever. The greatest show on turf. Vikings and Broncos. Well, the Vikings won 31-24. Virtually few people people of note uh, suited in this game. Uh, Tavares Jackson threw eight passes. Completed two of them. Was awful. Was nearly intercepted more than once. Got booed vociferously in the game. He was the starter, and boy, he looked the part in this game. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, it was for wide receiver. The guy by the name of Javon Walker stood out more than anybody on the Vikings in this game at the wide receiver position. The only other players in the game catching a pass were downtown Freddie Brown, who got one catch for 14 yards, Ian Johnson, the running back who um, was, was part of the cuts, a nine-yard catch, and Albert Young had two catches for a massive, massive two yards. Two yards, two catches, two yards for Albert Young. 
Um, what an entertaining football game. Really. That was fun. Fun to watch. Uh, not really, though the Vikings did win the game. Uh, Ian Johnson made some nice kick returns. See, there you go again. Nice kick returns by Ian Johnson. Yeah, a 31-yarder. And he averaged 26 and a half. So he's not on the team either, along with uh, Darius Raynaud. So so what the Sam Hill are we doing? I just... Uh, okay, let's... let's uh, I'll calm down now. I'll try to for a little bit. Eric Decker was awesome, actually. Eric Decker, the former gopher and current Bronco, 10 catches for 114 yards. That's a possession receiver in the National Football League, and looks good. Looks good. The Vikings also, by the way, will not be adding a certain possession receiver. That's going to be continuing. We'll continue into that topic here very, very shortly, because I'm not going to talk about this game all too much. Um, Aaron Henderson looked wonderful. He has made the team. That's kind of, I'm going to kind of coincide a little better, you know, put things together. Jasper Rinkley looked really good as well. Jasper Brinkley has had a nice preseason. He really has preseason training camp and all that. He's actually done really well. Definitely shows we have depth in the linebacking core. Vikings kept eight of them, actually. Yeah, Aaron Henderson was awesome. Excuse me, seven. Aaron Henderson was really, really good in this game. Really, really good. And he has made the roster. Nate Triplett was very good, but unfortunately he's part of the cuts. I'll get to that again shortly. Nate Triplett, uh, very solid. Eric Frampton has made the team. Paul Anderson did not, but he uh, was okay. Marcus Sherrills, he's going to the practice squad. That's a guy I talk about in the Twitter account and everything. He's uh, going to the practice squad as well. But, uh, yeah, he got burned on two touchdowns. I, I really like Marcus Sherrills, but he just, yep, he got burned, unfortunately. He also even got a sack in this game. He was kind of all over the place. But, unfortunately for him, it just, well, at least he's on the practice squad. The Vikings saw enough. But, yeah, as I mentioned, unfortunately for him, he, uh, he uh, <laughs> he got burned on two touchdowns in the game. Not not horribly burnt, just but but beat. He got beat. And if you get beat, well, what can you say? Jermaine Johnson had a sack. Latroy Guyon was all over the place. I was just in love with it. The guy is just awesome. Of course he of course he made the team. Are you kidding me? There's no doubt about that. He was going to make it, and he did. Was wonderful. Again, as I mentioned, this guy. See, not only as I mentioned, he's so productive. Going after the quarterback, you know, he'll 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 really rack up the sacks in a short amount of time. But not only is he good at that, he's a really good run stopper too. I really do believe Latroy Guyon could start on several, several defensive lines in the National Football League. He really could. And uh guys like Eric Frampton, Colt Anderson, and uh Hussein Abdullah are NFL players, period. They're NFL players and um Everybody would agree with that at this point. Of course, Fred Evans and Latroy Guyon, two guys that could that could start at the defensive tackle for most NFL teams, I think, especially Latroy Guyon. Fred Evans is more of a specialist for run stopping, whereas Guyon is just an overall he's a good player. Tremaine Johnson even is good. He he eclipsed a sack in this game. Um Mike Montgomery made a solid uh statement in the game, but also did not make the team, unfortunately. Brian Robinson did barely. But uh, he, again, productive in short time. Very, He's another guy who's productive in short time. A lot of people like, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of a fan favorite, that Brian Robinson. He's, he's quick. Like, he'll, he'll get it. He'll just, boom, he'll get in there and get that sack. Got to like what he can bring to the table. Uh, Albert Young led the uh, Vikings in overall rushing yard. Well, excuse me. No, he didn't. Joe Webb did. He, he led the team in rushes. Did Albert Young. Again, nothing really standing out, though he did get a touchdown in the game, as did Ian Johnson. They both got goal line smashes for touchdowns. 
Albert Young was productive in this game. Not spectacular as a running back, but was productive. So I'll give him that. Joe Webb was all over the place like a maniac in terms of being able to run. He is just a loose cannon, man. That guy can really move. He's got great footwork, and he will be in the NFL, I think, Um, maybe as a wide receiver. Still has a chance to be a quarterback as well. Um, Does not know the offense very well, but he will be the third quarterback, so you won't hear me rant. There will be no explosion on air. There will be no Vikings explosion. We'll keep that for Timberwolves explosion for now, um, which is another good show that I do on the sportsstuff.com and iTunes. Wink, wink. Forgive me for the plug there. (laughs) But no, Albert Young was productive in this game. So, okay, that's that's good. Uh, oh, what's his name? Toby Gerhardt didn't even play in the game. He will not, I repeat, will not be the third down back for the Vikings right now. Albert Young is that guy. He has won that job. And it was nice to see him get that goal line touchdown. He only averaged 3.2 yards a carry. His, his, his yards per carry is lousy, Albert Young. It is. But um, he's improved his special teams, and uh, he at least goes forward. He's not necessarily a guy who... He, you really have to worry about losing yardage. At least you're going to get something, which is what you need in a third down back. The object <laughs> in a third down situation is to go forward. Yeah, I know it's that way for every single situation, but third down, I mean, you might only need one or two yards, and uh, Albert Young is a guy that can do it. He can. He's no guarantee, but he, but he can. Um, he, he's not going to get you killed out there. That's what I'm trying to say. So... Uh, fluently there Mm -hmm. so again it's just um it was not the most exciting game but we did see uh we did see a phenomenon in this game and no it wasn't joe webb being spectacular uh, with his feet not necessarily with his arm because nobody was that great uh the broncos quarterbacks were unfortunately they actually looked pretty good in this game they did uh all three of them by the way yeah tim tebow looks by far the most raw Brady Quinn looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, yes, Tim Tebow, or excuse me. <laughs> yeah, Brady Quinn looked good in this game. Can you believe that, folks? Can you? Yeah, Kyle Orton is going to be the starter. Look productive. Not spectacular, but productive enough. Um, yeah, all three of them actually look like they're solid players right now. Okay, enough of my babbling. The interception by Tyrell Johnson was a phenomenon. It's like seeing, I, I, I don't even know. It's like seeing one of those shooting stars that's so bright, it, it leaves a, a smoke trail. That, you know, those are very rare, right? Yeah, that's about what, what you saw when you saw Tyrell Johnson get an inter- interception in this game. So congratulations to Tyrell Johnson. We appreciate that very much. Commentators in the game also made the comment that, uh, yeah, commentator's making a comment. <laughs> Albert Young is the safest option at the third down back. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, yeah, Albert Young is the closest thing we got right now. It is, he is. Get to some of your, uh, excuse me, we will get to some of your mentions on the Twitter account. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to read all of them. Some of them are not really pertaining to the show, unfortunately, but uh, that's how it goes. <laughs> and some of them are retweets by Viking tweets, and I appreciate that, and Bears tweets and Bronco tweets. I guess they like some of the stuff I had to say in the game, and I appreciate that um, for sure. Uh, i got to read this first really quick. Uh, 
Matt Emer. Yeah, here we go. Matt Emer. Nice friend here that I met, met on Twitter and obviously uh, on Facebook. And, of course, has been a listener to the show for a while now from the U.K., his comment about my show is, yeah, it was good, and in, re- in reference, that was, of course, the previous show, and in reference to your sound effects, love them. They remind me of playing old 8-bit video games, and that's the idea, Matt. That's the idea, listeners. I love the uh, sound effects, and I appreciate the endorsement of them. Yeah, they've been accumulated for many, many years. I do appreciate that very much. Lots of fun. Um, That's pretty much about it. Uh, there was kind of an in-game tweet there. I'm not even, I'm kind of going to let that go for a minute. Uh, Kevin from Wisconsin mentions that he doubt Favre plays at all when it came to the, the Bronco game, and that's exactly what happened. A uh, little comment about how we up miracles do happen. I appreciate that from Vikings guy. He couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it that uh, Tyrell Johnson, so MN Vikings guy, <laughs> also as shocked as I am that Tyrell Johnson got an interception. Very, very cool. Jay, I, I mentioned how I couldn't, I was wondering, it gets, it gets confusing how it's like Mall of America Field instead of the Metrodome. He comments it's still called the Metrodome, just the field changed names, so that sounds good. Um, Matt Emer at the time was asking if you think uh, Reese Lloyd has redeemed himself and saved his Vikes career. I don't, and uh, yeah, you're right, <laughs> Matt, as Reese Lloyd among the cuts. Reese Lloyd among the cuts. I'm sure he will resurface somewhere to be a kickoff specialist. Uh, he might want to improve at his field goal kicking, though, because... People need roster spots right now, but uh, maybe, maybe we'll see what happens. Maybe he'll wind up in one of those bubble playoff teams that desperately need a better uh, distance kicker. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Matt Emer commented about T-Jack looked bad last night. Two for eight for two yards is terrible. That's for sure. Yet the uh, yeah the Vikings still picked Sage over uh, T-Jack. Could not believe it. Just could not believe it. Matt Emer kind enough to mention and other people out there check out the show and I appreciate that big time Henry Lake yes Henry Lake Lake Show 30 or 73 Henry Lake was nice enough to tweet back to me he comments about how TJ Hushmanzada would be our number one receiver until Sydney returns TJ is thrice the player Barian is well at catching the ball yes <laughs> no doubt about it yeah I think Berrien's obviously a much, uh, really nice big game player. Uh, it might be a little hard on Berrien, but then again, hey, Berrien dropped the ball so much we got sick of it, uh, and that's about all there is to it there. Matt Emer was just stunned as I am. This is when we get to the actual trade of, uh, yeah, the actual trade of uh, Darius Raynaud. See, not only did we trade Sage Rosenfeld, we traded Darius Raynaud, which, again, I'm just... So we can get to it now. Just absolutely shocked about that. Could not believe it. Could not believe it. He says, WTF? He could return kicks, play running back and receiver as well. You find a way to keep guys like that. And uh, I agree. Again, notice my silence. I'm just shocked. Just shocked. Uh, I'll get back to some of the tweets here in a sec. Or actually, no, I can finish them because there's only two left or one left. Uh, two left. He comments, for, if for some reason he gets on the field this season, then God help the Viking staff. That's a comment about Tavares Jackson. Yeah, they're all going to get fired probably because the Vikings would fall apart. And uh, there you go. They'd all lose their job. Most likely, Vikings would finish 8-8 eight and eight and there'd be some firing. But maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. They just inked uh, uh, Childress to an extension. So maybe not. Maybe they'd be forced to 
keep things going. But in the NFL, it never really seems to go over too well. Purple Mafia, uh, okay, of course, that's me with Chief Zone here. I'm going to make fun of the Bears a little bit. He mentioned how, uh, Farzine mentioned how he worked with the Bears fan, and he thinks Cutler's bad games are Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. Yep, I agree. <laughs> yeah, Jay Cutler a little bit out of control. So that's the extent of the tweets right now. Good stuff. I appreciate it, guys. Continue to mention Purple Mafia on there, of course, as obviously, uh, you know, you respond to me. Please do join that uh Twitter, please do follow Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. So that concludes that. We're off to the articles now. Yeah. Of course, as I talked about, we don't really need to read too much of this. Um, just kind of bits and pieces. Of course, this was about the uh, when Sage Rosenfels and, uh, yeah, Darius Raynaud were officially members of the Giants. They passed their, uh, their whole deal. General Manager Jerry Reese comments about it. We were very, we were fortunate enough to consummate a trade for two very important needs coming out of our last preseason game. Mm. Tom Coughlin, yes, that guy, that Tom Coughlin comments. Sage for a long time has had an outstanding reputation as a veteran quarterback who knows his role and as a true student of the game. Well, does he really know his role? Because, yeah, he seemed to kind of want to be a starter, yet, okay, we'll see. <laughs> um... Sage did a good job this preseason, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just a little disappointed about it. Mm-hmm. Rosenfeld's comment is, as an athlete, you want to play and you want to compete. And he will have a week to learn the offense before the Giants open the season. Of course, this article, so I can give the credit where it's due, courtesy of the AP. There was no name mentioned this particular time. A couple other ones there were. Uh, here comes Rosenfels. I found helping Brett and the offensive and the offensive coaches rewarding, and we had a great season. You can still find rewarding things in situations you weren't expecting. I'm hoping to play when the team needs me, and when the team doesn't need me, I'll help out the players and coaches and Eli as much as I can. So now we get to Darius, old Darius, King Darius Renaud, Tom Coughlin, Tom Cough up the ball, Coughlin, as somebody once goofball said, somebody I I used to know. Darius is a young man that we had our eye on for a while. He is a guy who has versatility, punt returner, kick returner, gunner, covers kicks. He can play on all those teams. He's also been a wide receiver, and he's been a running back. He'll learn to be a receiver, so he can help you out in an emergency situation. Well, uh, Darius Reynard did not look like a really a good running back, but uh, his role was clear, his his top role, and that's to be the, the returner, kickoff or punt. Um, and he could catch a little bit too. Just, uh, yeah, Tom Coughlin said it best there. Very, very versatile player. Again, I'm not sure what the Vikings are doing here. I'm really not sure. I'm just not sure what the Vikings are doing. So now I haven't even, I haven't really mentioned it too much. I, I may have mentioned it at the beginning of the show. Yeah, Javon Walker was cut. Javon Walker was cut. Yeah. Even though he had a pretty good game against the Broncos, he's still not going to be on the Vikings. I uh, know the Broncos game does not sell you as a star. That's for sure. No. Nate Triplett was also cut, folks. Nate Triplett. We took him in the fifth round. What? That's crazy. Uh, yep, Reese Lloyd among the cuts. Yep. Three Vikings have, have kept three quarterbacks. Now, this is courtesy of the Pioneer Press. I believe it's Rick Alonzo, but uh, I didn't get the name, and I apologize. Maybe Scoggins, Chip Scoggins or Rick Alonzo, so credit where it's due there. 
three quarterbacks, four running backs, four receivers, four receivers. Yeah, and uh, none of them are, other than Percy Harvin, none of them really are supposedly that, are like number one receivers, and Percy is not that either. Uh, yeah, four tight ends, eight offensive linemen, ten defensive linemen, seven linebackers, ten defensive backs, and three specialists, not including Darius Reynard. <clears throat> Failing to make the team were Cole Anderson, Austin Thomas, Adrian Battles, Tay Biddle. Well, those are guard Austin Thomas, guard Adrian Battles, wide receiver Tay Biddle, wide receiver Freddie Brown, tackle Patrick Brown, tackle Chris Clark, fullback Ryan D'Imperio did not make the team. Hmm. He was a seventh round pick. Uh, wide receiver Marquise Hamilton, running back Ian Johnson, despite he looked solid. Defensive tackle Jermaine Johnson, who guaranteed, folks, is going to be on somebody's roster immediately. Huh. Jermaine Johnson's a good player, man. Tight end Garrett Mills, just too injury-prone defensive, and Mike Montgomery from the Packers did not make the team, but he's going to resurface because he's solid. Logan Crane, who a lot of people liked a lot, and uh, he was very good. He had nice, well, he had nice chemistry with Sage Rosenfels, who's no longer here. Funny. So Logan Page no longer here. Drew Radovich, another injury-prone guy, not making the roster. Cornerback Marcus Sherrills and cornerback DeAndre Wright. Sutter Griffin was not added to the P- PUP list, the PUP list, which means he could be on track for a swift return after tearing the ACL in January. The Vikings enter the season with three healthy cornerbacks. Three, yep. After the injury to Chris Cook, who had the torn meniscus. Yeah, I didn't even get to that. <laughs> I forgot. I kept thinking that was on the previous show. Uh, yeah, Chris Cook. Might want to mention that. Chris Cook also going to be out for two to four weeks. A lot of people say... I mean, they they say two, but it could be up to a month or more. Oh, boy. Yeah, see, there's another blow, and we're right back where we started when it came to the cornerbacks. Oh, and they're like, Lito Shepard, yep, he made the t- he made the starting roster. He he earned it. Boy, no. No, it's because Chris Cook got hurt. So, I, yeah, I was, I was kind of laughing when you were, they were talking about that late in, in the Bronco game. Um, no. No. Chris Cook was most likely going to be the starter. So, yeah, expect the Vikings to make a move for an extra corner if Griffin isn't projected to return soon after releasing Walker. The releasing of Walker has prompted rumblings of a potential deal for former Pro Bowl receiver TJ Husmanzada, who was released by Seattle this week. Uh, I'll get to that shortly, how that turned out. Uh, Excuse me. When I talked about Tremaine Johnson riding up on a new team, no, he's still with the Vikings. The Vikings kept him. Mm Mm-hmm. He's part of the uh, the seven players. Now, this article is courtesy of the Daily Norseman, Christopher Gates. So there you go, Christopher Gates, Daily Norseman. The seven players are Colt Anderson, safety Colt Anderson, guard Thomas Austin, wide receiver downtown Freddie Brown, <laughs> who actually did look pretty good. They did keep Ryan D'Imperio, the fullback, so the seventh-round pick remains as a team. A very good Termaine Johnson. Defensive tackle, very productive again. Will be on the practice squad. Wide receiver, former Gophers, Logan Payne, who is wide receiver, and Marcus Sherrills. Yes, my guy Marcus Sherrills, who I like a lot, will remain on the practice squad for the Minnesota Vikings. So they're protected now. And, uh, you know, they could be on the team later in the year with uh, potential injuries or who knows what else. So two wide receivers on the practice squad. That could make things interesting. We'll see. Marcus Sherrill's also, well, I'm not sure they want to put him out there for the Saints game. <laughs> so expect the Vikings to make some type of move here soon. Uh, I mean, it could mean somebody else gets cut along the way. We'll see what happens. Uh, 
The Imperial being on the practice squad means that every member of the 2010 draft class is on the team in some capacity, with the exception of fifth-round selection Nate Triplett, who was another gopher. Yeah, I'm a little surprised about that, folks. Nate Triplett, the fifth-round pick, the Vikings let him go. They just let him go. Fifth-round pick? Hmm. Well, there you go. There's seven players on the official eight-man practice squad. So there could be one more. Maybe I'm just surprised that that wasn't Nate Triplett. Um, so obviously something is coming. Something is coming. Nothing probably really exciting, but something along the lines here. <sighs> Brad, now we get to hear Brad Childers defend his uh, move of Jackson over Sage Rosenfels. This was courtesy of John Krasinski, who was also of the, the uh, Associated Press, as most of these guys are. <laughs> most of them are, of course. John Krasinski, you've seen his name about a million times. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, I'm still shocked about it, folks. I really am. I really am. Uh, John, Brad Childers' comment is, it's, com- it's a completely different set of circumstances. I would hope that if Tavares was in there going with the twos, that he would have been able to, t- to light it up that, this, that same way. So that's pretty much the comment there. Um, that Jackson took most of his staff snaps with the starting offense and played against the team's opposing starting defense while Sage Rosenfels always entered the game with the second team, an important difference, according to Childress. And sure, that makes sense. That does make sense. So it, it kind of made Tavares look worse. But again, if that's the best you can get with Tavares against first team, boy, what kind of backup quarterback do you have? I mean, uh, <laughs> that's quite a drop-off, ladies and gentlemen. And i got to think there were some second stringers out there at, at certain points when Tavares was in there. Tavares was horrendous the entire preseason but boy, was he good in practice. He was good in practice. I'm so glad he was good in practice. How many players do you hear about, oh, he just tore it up in practice. He lights it up every day in practice. And then they go out on the court, or, or the basketball court, like Rosh Nesterovich, or on the field, and they've got a noose around their neck that's about that's got the diameter of about an inch. I mean, it's like, what the hell, man? And uh, yeah, that's Tavares Jackson. Just, just uh, Tavares Jackson and many other players. Yeah, a certain basketball team that I played on, you kind of saw that happen a lot <laughs> years ago. Uh, yeah. Boy, there were some great practice players on that team too, and boy, oh boy, they love to tell you about how great they were in practice. And here comes the game. Here comes it. It's game time. You know, and they get their ass handed to them by overweight, underachieving players. Okay. Now that I'm down, that I got that off my chest. Brad Childress continues. We're talking about the two highest scoring offenses in the league. That's, of course, we're talking about the New Orleans Saints. Playing each other. Childress said, let's talk about the game instead of Joe Maurer's backup. What the hell is this? Okay, excuse me. Favre has played in an NFL record 285 straight games, 309 including the playoffs, and the coach wrestled at the line of questioning, likening it to discussing Joe Maurer's backup catcher for the Twins. So I have no idea where that came from. That's kind of strange. Uh, Okay. All right. Well, the Vikings also only have four healthy receivers on the active roster. Still, Childress said the team had no interest in 32-year-old free agent T.J. Husmanzada, who was cut by Seattle. I'd be more prone to see if we could find a younger guy or someone that's been around in a West Coast offense. So... Well, I would think a possession receiver like TJ, folks, 
would make would look pretty good in the uh, West Coast, but not chilly. Not chilly, so that, that's okay, um, I guess. Just so strange. Childress commenting on the Darius Raynaud thing, the whole deal with Darius. Uh, Childress said that Percy Harvin will be the team's kick returner when the Vikings open in New Orleans on Thursday night. Bernard and Greg Camarillo will split punt return duties with Harvin possibly getting some looks at that later in the year. What? Barian and Camarillo are going to split the punt return duties? What? It's like, what were they thinking? I, uh... Mm. Greg Camarillo, yeah, he has good hands, but uh, last I checked, Camarillo's not the fastest guy ever. Uh, wow, okay. Greg Camarillo, there's your punt returner. Hmm. All right. That's, uh, getting, that's just getting weirder and weirder. Uh, Adrian Peterson is confident that he can cure the fumbling problem. This is by Dave Campbell, again, Associated Press. Uh, Peterson believes he has a better grasp of how to better grasp the ball. Hmm. Vikings all-pro running back has had a fumbling problem over, over his otherwise brilliant three-year career, and the aggressive New Orleans Saints are trying, I mean, are sure to be trying that this week to force Peterson into another turnover or two. Peterson said Monday... He's taught himself to carry the ball high and tight. Well, that's good. He also said an extensive off-season video review has revealed he's more vulnerable to fumbling when he tries to brace himself during a tackle. Perhaps just as important for Peterson against the Saints are his blitz pickups in pass protection, an area where he struggled in the past. Vikings offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel says Peterson has come a long way. And uh, that's good to hear. That's good to hear that, um, see, again, it's one of those things they didn't talk about until now that, yeah, he was watching the extensive offseason video review. And, um, well, I got to think he's going to do that. If he's a professional and he wants to improve and he wants a chance to win a championship, you have to do that. You have to. You got to. You got to review it. Though working with a uh, all-pro legend like Marshall Falk, who never fumbled the ball would have helped as well. But, uh, hey, whatever. If it works, it works. Um, The best running back on this team right now at picking up blitz is Albert Young. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Anthony Vermelli commented on the previous show about that, and uh, we've noticed that, yeah. The guy clearly is the best blitz pickup running back on this team. Toby Gerhardt has not become that yet. Albert, And hence, Albert Young is your third down back for the 2010 season right now. As of right now... um, but no, that's encouraging. Uh, Adrian Peterson has not looked nearly as vulnerable. And yes, high and tight, absolutely. Uh, two hands would help too. Two hands. Uh, I don't want the ball, you know, you can't be swinging the ball around with one hand. You just can't do it. I understand you're trying to run, and it's a little easier to run when you're swinging your arms around, but <laughs> then kind of holding it like a baby. But hey, don't fumble the ball, man. That's more important to me. Certainly not for style points either. Style points are meaningless when the ball's flying out of your hand. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that makes sense to you listeners out there. I'm sure it does. How about this, folks? Griffin is iffy, but the Vikes won't rule him out. The Vikings have not ruled out. Now, this is another, uh, excuse me, Associated Press, no name mentioned here. They've not ruled out cornerback Cedric Griffin playing this week in New Orleans. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. 
Yeah, this this type of injury t- typically takes about nine months of recovery. Griffin recently returned to practice, but he was listed as a limited participant on the injury report released by Monday. Meets Monday by the Vikings defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier said Monday that Griffin has already done far more than we expected since deciding to include him on the active. Yes, the active, not the PUP, the 53-man roster. Rookie Chris Cook did not practice Monday because of a knee injury, leaving the Vikings with only three fully healthy cornerbacks against the pass-happy Saints. So, yeah, something still could happen. I don't think it's Marcus Sherrill's, but something could happen here. We'll see how this goes. Well, now that we're down to the final weakness, <laughs> only three cornerbacks, only four receivers, T.J. Husmanzada has gone to the uh, Baltimore Ravens. So that's the end of that that's the end of that deal. It's a little frustrating, but that's how it goes. The Ravens traded Mark Clayton to the uh, St. Louis Rams, and now they have uh, signed T.J. Husmanzada, the biggest name ever. <laughs> so the Baltimore Ravens... Uh, Media people get to write, get to type out that name and spell it correctly as much as they can. Um, there it is. Good time. So the Vikings do not get T.J. Husmanzada for the second year in a row. Uh, could be, could be nothing more. We'll see what happens. Uh, Husmanzada was only in the second of a, of a five-year, forty million dollar contract. Yeah, he he got too much money anyway. Um, Ozzy Newsom, the general manager of the Ravens, comments. The first things that pop out at you about TJ are that he that he has been very productive and durable in his first nine years in the NFL. Plus, we saw him more than we wanted, making a lot of plays against us. We had interest in him a year ago when he first became a free agent before he signed to Seattle. So, there you go. We'll just see how this turns out. Hushmanzada will turn 33 on September 26th. He's had a very successful career. Definitely had his worst year last season with Seattle. No doubt about it. Last year he had 79 catches, which was, again, a team high. That's not too bad. 911 yards and only three touchdowns, so certainly didn't explode last year. Uh, He's definitely had a great career, though. Has Hoosh Manzada. You never reach a point when it's easy to release or trade a player you respect. Everyone here has the highest regard for Mark. That's, of course, Mark Clayton. He'll help the Rams, and it's good for him that they reached out to get him. So that's how things finish there with that. Well, we'll see how things turn out. Uh, Terms of the deal, unfortunately, not released at this point in time. If I'm missing it, I apologize, but really it's not important to the Vikings. It's the wrong purple team. It's a team the Vikings could have played in the 2000 Super Bowl had they uh, played a little bit better against the New York Giants in 2000, but uh, again, another side topic that doesn't matter. Um, again, yes, I do think the Vikings will win in New Orleans. Yes, I do think the Vikings win in New Orleans. It just need, need to be as pass-happy as possible, though. Oh, boy. Uh, i got to say this again. Two times in a row in New Orleans, the Vikings uh, went to a certain guy, a certain player, who doesn't? Who hasn't really had the most successful career with the Vikings yet? But they went to a certain guy, and he had huge games in both in both cases. Last year, Bernard Berrien did not have a very good season at all with Brett Favre. the the the, uh, the chemistry really wasn't there. But against the New Orleans Saints, Bernard Berrien looked like an All Pro. Yes, he did. 
against the New Orleans Saints the year before with Gus Farratt, who's not quite as good as uh, Brett Favre. He has a great arm. Both have a great arm. Bernard Berrien plays better with guys with a good arm, of course, by the way. Uh, he's just he's more of a deep threat. Bernard Berrien is going to have a good game against the New Orleans Saints. Unfortunately, he's going to tease us and make us think he's our number one receiver for the time being when I'm not sure he is. But no, Bernard Berrien is going to have a big game against the New Orleans Saints. He just is. History repeats itself, and I think it will against the Saints, especially if a guy like Darren Sharper is not available. Um, I like the Vikings' chances in this game, absolutely. Albert Young needs to continue to pick up the blitz. The Vikings need that in the worst way. Chester Taylor was excellent against the Saints last year in that big game. He really was. In a lot of ways, he was probably the second-best player in that game. He probably was. He was excellent. He really stabilized this team in his final game with the Vikings. Uh, yeah, I think Albert Young will be a small factor in that game. I think you're gonna see. I think you're gonna hear his name a little bit. And ladies and gentlemen, a guy that's gonna explode in this game, as far as my predictions. Despite the fact we probably won't pass as much, but uh, a guy that uh, looked like he was gonna get 200 yards and four touchdowns on the ground, if the ball wasn't on the ground, a guy by the name of Adrian Peterson is going to make the statement of his life in New Orleans. That's my prediction going into this week. Adrian Peterson is going to make the statement of his life, folks. He's going to explode. But before I get, I'm going to conclude (laughs) with the Facebook messages. I'm going to try to keep this as brief as possible because we've gone pretty long here. Chris Tucker commenting about how uh, Chris Cook, so I don't screw that up, <laughs> is out for two weeks. And, yeah, it could be up to four. He was really getting frustrated is uh, Chris Tucker. Yeah, the Vikings only have three cornerbacks, Lito, Asher, and Winfield, and that's it. He's like, oh, God, we better be stay healthy or we're screwed. Looking further into this type of injury, and it seems more likely Cook will be gone until the bye week. Yep, see, there you go. For the first time, I'm thinking this early bye might have been a blessing for us. I agree, Chris. It really could be. Um, because not only are you going to get Cook back, you're probably going to have Griffin back by then. Griffin will be back by then for sure if he's not back sooner. Very encouraging by Griffin, though. That's really good stuff. Brent Jacobson predicted the the, uh, the cuts, and he was dead on. I mean, he was dead on other than uh, Mickey Schuler, though he said Mickey Schuler or Garrett Mills. So, yeah, he was, he was dead on. Great job, Brent Jacobson. Virtually perfect with his cuts overall. Yes, he was, including Nate Triplett, which shocked the heck out of me. Though he did say that uh, uh, Hussein Abdullah and Eric Frampton were going to be among the cuts, and they weren't. Uh, nope. And that Cole Anderson was going to make the team. So that uh, that was inaccurate, but hey, that's okay. We're all going to be inaccurate a little bit. Uh, very good, very good <laughs> stuff by Brent Jacobson, as always. Chris Tucker mentioning how Darren Sharper will not be in the lineup along with Jonathan Vilma. That is good. He may not be there, or that Vilma may not be ready either. This will take the sting out of our injury situation at least a bit. Now hopefully Breeze twists an ankle dress shopping. Twists an ankle dress shopping. Well, we don't necessarily want people to get hurt, but uh, yeah, if Drew Breeze got hurt, the Vikings win the game without even trying, practically. At least that's what I would think. Yeah. Good stuff. This is about when I, yeah, when the whole terrible, stupid uh, trade came out about uh, mm. Sage and uh, Darius Raynaud. Still, to the, I'm still a little confused with that one. 
And yes, I did tell everybody that Sage was going to be traded. I was right. I called it, as uh, Tony's nice enough to mention up above. Yep, not saying it's what I wanted, but I knew what I was talking about. Uh, Sebastian uh, Balls. I'm going to say Sebastian B for now because I don't want to screw up your last name and insult you. You know, so I apologize here. Uh, Sebastian B joins the group and uh, welcome aboard. Sebastian had a little convo with him too the other night. Really cool young man, Sebastian. Nice to have you on board. And boy, he's a nice loyal listener to this show. So there's a shout out to you, buddy. His comment is, "I'm with you on that." I told everyone Sage was going to be traded, and uh, yes, that's true. Of course, this is everybody commenting on that trade now. I freak out like you expected. I was saying how this is almost as bad as 1999. Yeah, the year after 98 when, mm-hmm, this is almost like 99. You know, it's kind of a mess, and we just weren't as good. I hope that's not the case. Tony L. Coleman, known as Twineball, comments, Sage is no longer in purple. You called it, Joey, but I'm surprised Renaud got sent out. I did not see that one coming. I'm worried about Favre's health. concerned about Favre's health, though. He looks exhausted and like an old man. Almost like he didn't work out all summer and now he's pooped. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I hope he stays healthy. I hate to say it, but at this point, I'm not quite as confident as I was going into last season. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Vikings are going to blow it but I think I was just more certain of their butt-kicking ability last year. Please prove me wrong, Vikings. Skull. Uh-huh. I share your thoughts, Tony. I share your thoughts. Not quite as confident right now. I'm I'm not, though. Luckily, as Farzine mentioned earlier, the roster is virtually the same, and you can only hope for the best. You can only hope for the best here. And one other thing, too, that I've got to correct myself right away <laughs> before I get too crazy. Randall Cunningham totally sucked in 1999. Just completely lost anything he had in 98. Brett Favre is not that player. Brett Favre is not Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham was a playoff choke his entire career. Brett Favre, well, people make opinions about him. I don't see him that way. Uh, Brett Favre is a lot better player. Uh, He wasn't forced out of the NFL because he couldn't play anymore like Randall Cunningham was until he resurfaced from his... uh, marble tile job in Las Vegas, his marble tile business in Las Vegas, to come in and be a backup punter for the Vikings, which is what he kind of was for a little while. <sighs> yeah. Chris Tucker jumps in. That This has that moron chili written all over it. He has a clause in his contract that gives him total control over the 53-man roster. So in other words, if he wants you gone, then you're gone. Spielman can't really do much about it. I have said it for a long time to friends who bring up how Chile has improved his win totals each year, thinking it's his coaching. But I think this talent, <laughs> this talented team wins in spite of him, not despite of him, not because of him. Can't believe they let Darius go. Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Chris. I agree. Before I comment on that, I'll get in Sebastian. Yeah, I think Darius has a lot of potential, and I hate Chile for this one. I've never liked him. Chili brought far back, and I think Javon Walker would have fit right because of him and Favre have chemistry. Because him and Favre have chemistry. Um, yeah, guys. Uh, bad move by Childress, folks. I agree. I just, I'm stunned that Darius Raynaud was traded, as you can tell. I'm absolutely stunned, and I'm sure a lot of you are as well. <sighs> yeah. It's kind of got me speechless, folks. It, it really does. I do like, I mean, I do kind of agree with Childress a little bit. 
on how, yes, they went against a lesser team than Tavares. But only so much, though. You can only go so far with that. Because Tavares was horrible against his first-team defenses. Do you really want a quarterback that's horrible against first-team defenses? That doesn't prove anything in, in the long run. It doesn't necessarily prove that Tavares is better than Sage because he was horrible against first-team defenses, does it? Because usually when a quarterback plays in the NFL, they're going to go against first-team defenses. So that's my argument a little bit there as I try not to grit my teeth too hard. Kind of crazy. Mm. Sebastian comments. We're getting to the end here. I'm sorry this is such a long show. It's just a big one, folks. It's just a big one. Uh, the season preview, season cuts, so many opinions by everybody. So much happened this week. It's <laughs> it's just amazing. So that's why this show is so long. Um, and it's going to happen. Hey, and I appreciate your listenership out there, folks. Trust me, you guys are just absolutely spectacular, including Sebastian. Yep, it's nice to meet him again, as I mentioned. His comment is, hey, Joey, have you ever heard the term, you don't know how good you got it? Till you don't have it at all. Well, that's how it was with Chester Taylor around here. Like you say in the show, we are going to miss him. And uh, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. He was mentioning how he listens to uh, episode 60 over and over and over again because of how I rant about losing Chester Taylor and how it's really going to hurt this team. And, uh, well, it's it, it was a big loss. It was a big loss. And I uh, I know he's a, he's a third down back for this team. And we have Adrian Peterson. He's the greatest running back ever when he doesn't fumble. But uh, I know I don't really mean ever all time, but you get the idea. Um, mm. Chester Taylor did so many things well for this team. I, it's just unbelievable and uh, very frustrating. Getting to the tail end here. Getting to the tail end, folks. I promise, uh, Sebastian, again, one more time here. What do you think if Favre does retire at the end of the season and we try to get him to be a quarterback coach? Chris Tucker says, I say head coach. That's, of course, another diamond on old Chili. And I don't blame you, Chris. I don't. Some of the moves he's made are just making you scratch your head. And remember what Dennis Green did in 99. He did some stuff that pissed me off and a lot of other people off, too. Um, yeah, a little bit of Denny Green syndrome. I'm getting a little bit too crazy here with some of his moves. Um, Brett Favre, uh, quarterback coach. Now, you know, in a perfect world, he'd be here with the Vikings coaching staff. But in a real world, he's going to go back to Mississippi. And he's going to be what he is in Mississippi. He's going to be a hunting, fishing, tractor-loving southern boy. That's what Brett Favre is. I don't think he's going to be a coach. I don't think so. Oh, I would love it. I would love to have Brett Favre a part of this organization. But uh, it's no. He's a southern boy, though being in the limelight is something Brett loves. So I guess you never know. You never know what Brett Favre's going to be. Maybe he'll be a commentator. He loves the game so much. Who knows? Maybe he'll play till he's 50, like he like he did in that com- the Super Bowl commercial, when he said, "Oh, there wasn't much makeup in that picture because uh, you know how he such had such a white beard." Yeah, well, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> but I think Brett is a Southern boy, folks. Brent Jacobson here, getting to the very end. Oh, great! T.J. Ushmanzada signed with a purple-clad team, but not the Vikings. Why the fruit was Childress not interested in this guy? Yep, I think it's total crap that he wasn't. You need a guy who can catch, but then again, we kind of, Greg Camarillo kind of is like that guy, but certainly doesn't have the pedigree, doesn't have the resume of Hoosh Manzara, but he is younger, and the guy can catch it with his legs. So maybe uh, Brad Childress likes that idea because uh, if Brett Favre gets a little wacky with his throws, 
maybe underthrows Hoosh a little bit. He uh, excuse me, underthrows Camarillo a little bit that he can catch with his legs. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, Brent Jacobs in comments again. I wonder if Walker will be back. Personally, I highly doubt. We go into Nolens with just Barian, Camarillo, Harvin, and Greg Lewis. Yeah, Greg, those are the receivers we have, folks. Greg Lewis, hmm. as a wide receivers, Chili Spielman has something up their sleeve. Troy Williamson? Because I'm sure that's what he meant. He didn't put Troy, but yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no, and I know Brent's joking there. Um, I just take Walker back at this point. Um, I don't know. It's not going to be TJ Ruzmanzada. Bring just, just bring Walker back at this point. I, I'd at least consider it. Why the hell did they cut him anyway? That's my question. Why the hell did they cut Javon Walker? Why? I, he wasn't that bad, was he? He looked pretty good. He's not great. He's not the same guy he was, but 87 yards and a touchdown isn't exactly horrible, is it? I mean, it really isn't. So uh, someone fill me in there why the Vikings did that. So here we go, the final bit of the day. Here we go. And I should have played the audio for this. In fact, I wish I did, um, but <laughs> for the sake of time, let's just uh, can it for now. Dan Hampton comments with the Vikings will hit New Orleans like Katrina. Now, we appreciate the uh, the positive thoughts that the Vikings are going to go in and kick the New Orleans Saints, but I'll mention it a million times again. Well, winning one regular season game is not quite as good as winning the NFC Championship game, but whatever, it would be nice to win. Um, but the Vikings are going to hit New Orleans like Katrina. What a boob. Um, uh, uh. Dude, are you kidding me? Are, are, are you kidding me? What the what the hell is what what the hell are you saying? <laughs> and again, I'm not some bleeding heart that gets offended by everything, but um, or a hardcore neocon that gets offended by everything. Um, come on, man, you can't talk. You just you can't do that. You just can't do that. Be careful. <laughs> Be careful, man. I mean, you're not going to hit New York like something either. You, you know, you, you're not going to. Yeah, I'm not even going to go there. It's just you you can't. Do that. You just can't do that. Ah, wow. Good find by Brent Jacobson there. Way to get it up there on there. Um, bad speech by me right there, but uh, wow. Mm, you can tell I'm just a little speechless right now. Dan Hempton, I'm sure you're a good guy. I'm sure you wanted to be a little entertaining, saying the Vikings are going to whoop the Saints' butts. And I do appreciate the thought there. Oh, boy. But the wordage there uh, needs a little work. That's kind of scary. Be careful, buddy. Just be careful. <laughs> um, uh-huh. We'll just uh, end the show with that. I want you listeners to please join the message boards on thesportstuff.com. And, uh, please do, do please do that. The button There's a button in the upper right-hand corner on the on the front page of thesportstuff.com that says TSS Boards. Simply click that, then click register. Uh, the boards now are split into divisions, so you can have a major conversation instead of split into every team. Great idea by Dylan Richardson. He did that for all the sports out there, so the yeah, the NFC North, gotta love that, where well, we can all comment about the Vikings, Bears, Packers, and Lions on there, not just the Vikings, 
it makes it more fun. It generates more conversation, which is really important. Um, it's good stuff. Very good stuff. Please do join the message boards on the sportstuff.com. It's real important. Only makes this show bigger and better, and it does it does help other shows on the station as well that I'd like to see succeed, including my Timberwolves Explosion show, too. <laughs> um, good times, though. Good times. Do join that website. It's 100% free. It's 100% fun. Again, keep your uh, screen name something that makes sense, not a jumbled bunch of foolishness, because that will be deleted due to uh, spam risk. Indeed. Also, again, finally, the, the uh, again, the uh, call into the voicemail line. We'd appreciate it very much. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into Purple Mafia. And Alpine, shout out, question, comment, and all the above. Your name in town, as I mentioned, like Anthony from L.A., was so kind to do. Barzine, I guess I kind of filled in for that one with the town because, well, Kansas City Chiefs, there you go, Farzine from K, from KC or Kansas City. But those of you out there that aren't fellow members of the, the <laughs> us podcasters out there that I don't know, know you offhand, mention, your, uh, mention the town you're coming from. So there you go. Vikings will win in New Orleans, and they will hit them like uh, – the Vikings are going to hit the Saints like they hit them last year. How about that? Without injuring Drew Brees' ankle. We'll beat them without hurting people. We'll be a little classier about it. That is my final statement for the week. We will talk to you about the 1-0 Vikings next week on episode number 69. Take care. (laughs) 